So I want to take a maybe a minute or so to apologize to any of my faithful listeners. I'm really sorry that I've been MIA for I don't even know how long. But honestly, being a third year law student has been insane to say the least. And then I experienced my own personal issues, a bit of trauma even, nothing um, too horrible for me personally, but I just lost someone close to me. But I actually think I'm going to save that story for another day because I think it deserves its own episode. Um, But today's main topic is going to be work-life balance. Now, this is addressed to any grad student, student in general, college, high school, wherever you are in your educational journey. (laughs) I hate that word. I've been watching a lot of Bachelor (laughs) and Bachelorette lately. Um, Don't even get me started on that. But in your educational journey, and I think that it is crucial for your own sanity to have some level of balance. So today, as I've already mentioned, it will be all about work-life balance as a student and hopefully one day as a young professional. So the focus for today's podcast is all about work-life balance. And now you may be asking yourself work as in professional work after law school, after grad school, after med school, after college. No, I'm talking about being a student and working And also having a life. Having a life outside of law school is absolutely crucial. So one of the things that I did to best advise you, my dear listeners, is I spoke to an actual attorney who also happens to be a professor that I had the honor of taking. And one of the questions I asked him is, what is something you wish you knew coming into law school that you've learned through practice? Because I figure... When you're working while in law school, when you're working during breaks in law school, just when you're working in general, it's very important to listen to those you are working for and those that you meet that are there solely to provide you with insight. So that is exactly what I use this professor for. And one of the first things he said was how to say no. When it comes to clients, when it comes to cases, when it comes to extra paperwork, make sure to not stretch yourself too thin. Only you can control precisely the amount of work you have to do every day or every week or every month. And in terms of work, check out the billable hours. Know exactly how much your job is expecting from you. Because if you don't know those expectations, there's no way for you to meet them. And it's the same thing with school. So for example, this semester I'm taking four classes and I'm going to be in a clinic So if I have no idea what the workload looks like for each class, how can I prioritize how much work (laughs) I can get done for each class? See the dilemma? And if you never say no to anything, you're going to suffer from burnout sooner rather than later. And this is honestly a common phenomenon that hits many young professionals. And to be fair, it can happen at any age. But when you're young, you're supposed to be seen as fresh and new and innovative and when you get burnt out you know the next generation above you the lawyers that are 40 plus 45 plus 50 plus 
they might look at you and not see you as as serious because if you cannot manage your time, it makes it look like you can't manage your life and that you may be lacking discipline. And discipline is incredibly important when it comes to such a serious profession, (laughs) you know, post-grad in life. So only you know exactly how much you can take on. For example, some people can have a higher workload's Um, higher workload than others and they can still manage it now this does not mean (laughs) take on too much and then figure out how to manage it later no do not do something unless you think you can manage it now not to continue to use myself as the sole example here but you know (laughs) it's one of my main frames of references to share with you guys so for me I am involved in at least one extracurricular I'm taking multiple classes and I try to get a little bit of money here and there. Currently, I don't have a legal job outside of school, but um, I do prioritize time to work. And I think what is so important about this is everything that I've taken on, I know I have adequate time to do. So, for example, I am one of the editor-in-chiefs of the school newspaper. So, I know that... (laughs) You know, every week, every month, I have to devote a certain amount of time. So I squeeze that into my schedule. And honestly, your calendar is your best friend. That's also something this professor taught me. Put alerts in your email for deadlines on things. Make your own deadlines. You know, when you become a lawyer, there will be legitimate, specified deadlines for briefs and motions. But when you're a student or when you have a job that might have softer deadlines you are in charge of them. So write it down. I write things down all the time. I wrote down exactly when I wanted this podcast to be released so that I would actually get it released at that time. Only you can control your schedule. And don't feel bad if you cannot manage as much as your colleagues or classmates. Some people thrive being busy. Some people do really well when they focus on a few things. Having a smaller workload than a classmate does not make you weak. And in fact, stop that right now, what you're doing. Stop comparing yourself to one of your friends, to one of your colleagues, to that classmate that you, you know, might think is a bit of a gunner. It's okay. You guys are all different. Every single student thrives at their own pace. And that's all that matters. You're the only person that matters. You're the only person that has to sit and take the bar. The, per- the people in your classes... Be kind to them, of course, but their work ethic does not matter to you. It does not matter to your schooling journey. So just throw it out of your head. Do not worry because I have been a student for over 20 years now and there are ways and strategies I have learned in my years and evolution as a student that work for me that may not work for others and that's okay. Everyone has their own tactics. It's a war out there, ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between. You have to get through it. And that's all you have to do. You know, a quick side note. There's a great song called Honestly by the band Hot Shell Ray. I know it's a bit of a throwback. They sing that song tonight, tonight. But there's a song called Honestly, like I just said. And it's all about this guy breaking up with his crazy ex-girlfriend, yada, yada. But there's a line in it where he just goes, honestly, I just don't care. 
And that kind of has to be your philosophy when it comes to others. You know, I'm not saying don't make time for your friends. I'm not saying don't study with people in group settings, but make time for yourself too. You are the most important person in your life and only you can get a job. Your friend might be able to put in a good word for you if they're a higher level a higher level associate at a firm, but at the end of the day, you're the one who has to sit down and do the interview and nail it. And again, it makes you smart to know exactly what kind of workload you can take on because it means you are self-aware enough of your own professional obligations. It means that you know and you can articulate in a particularized manner. That's a criminal procedure joke. Shout out to anyone who got that. It's okay if you didn't. Um, uh, but yeah, you can articulate particularly exactly what you can and can't do as a student, as a lawyer, and as any kind of professional in the workforce. You know, I'd rather do one or two things at full force and with full effort and at full functioning of my brain than five things half-assed. No one wants insufficient effort applied to their job. Another thing that burnout leads to is drinking excessively, sometimes turning to pharmaceuticals or any other kind of substance abuse. And it can also lead to a lot of decline in your mental health. And this lawyer that I spoke with, he said there are so many resources and it's true. And if you're ever struggling please just do a Google search. I know that that sounds almost remedial, but I promise you, you can find resources. There are resources made for specific fields. There are resources made for specific demographic groups. Like if you are struggling, you can absolutely get help. And please tell someone too, don't struggle in silence. I think that would be one of my top, um, my top pieces of advice. I went through something incredibly traumatic this past semester, which I'll probably talk about in another episode, but I got help. It does not make you weak or it does not mean that you're handing over all of your power by getting help. It also doesn't mean that you're getting preferential treatment. That was something I had to learn. Getting help just means that you are letting those around you know that you are struggling and that you want to do something about it. If you don't say anything, you can't change it. That stupid saying that sometimes is not applicable to all situations, but in this particular case, empty mouths don't get fed. So speak up if you're struggling and if you're burnt out, you have to tell someone because again, you can end up losing a job by doing something not to the best of your ability because if your employer gets used to you working at this level and for those of you who can't see me, which is all of you, (laughs) I am raising my hand above my head. Now, if you go to the level of where my foot is, (laughs) your employer is going to take notice. Any good employer would anyway. So you just have to be honest with yourself and honest with those around you. And again, you don't have to tell like your colleagues, your personal business. It's about you, but it is your responsibility to reach out and get help, whether that's somebody referring you to a counseling center, whether that's somebody giving you resources through your school on someone you can talk to, it's up to you to take that first step. And also, at school, focus on school. Get your work done, but do not let school consume you. You are a law student, yes, or any other kind of student who may be listening to this, 
or a young professional, but that is your education level or your occupation, not your entire personality makeup. And you know, this is hard for me. It's hard for me to separate who I am from what I do daily. I attend law school, etc. I'll be the first to tell you, you know, I've kind of pondered through some of the dating apps and people will ask me like very broad questions about myself and a lot of things go back to law school and I come to realize that's not who I am it's something that I'm participating in currently in my life and it's not permanent that's the thing if you're in school right now it is temporary you are not perpetually in school You will get out one day and you will use all that education and you will get yourself a job. Ideally, it does not have to be as a lawyer. If you go to law school, there's tons of things you can just do with a law degree. You don't ever have to sit to take the bar or, you know, you can just go to college, get your bachelor's. There's tons of things you can do with a bachelor's and you just have to realize your academic achievements are not the only thing that validate your experience as a human. Like, whoa, I know this just got a little bit philosophical, but you are more than your academic achievements. You are more than your grade point average. You are. And I think that society and especially people at a grad school, the school can make you feel like, you know, if you don't get a good GPA that you're worth nothing. That is not true. You don't have to be the top of your class to pass the bar, to pass your boards, to get a good, you know, to get a good job after graduating from college. You don't. You can get decent grades, crappy grades, and you can do enough networking and finessing that you can get yourself an excellent job. All it takes is one encounter, one encounter with the right person at the right time. For example, Like with this professor, I'm so glad that I took him and here he is now to instill further knowledge into my head that I can now give to you guys. That's called paying it forward. And that's what you have to do when you are going through school and then eventually getting into the workforce. You are nothing as a lawyer or a doctor or a janitor or a sanitation worker without your reputation, and I guess this would specifically go to being a lawyer, I apologize, but you are nothing as a lawyer aside from your reputation. You really aren't. And if you don't have a good reputation, you can get yourself blackballed pretty quickly. So building a strong reputation for yourself as a lawyer and just (laughs) as a person (laughs) in, in the legal profession, it starts with having a strong sense of self. If you have no idea who you are, how are you going to figure out what kind of lawyer you're going to be? It starts with, okay, who is Gabby? Now, I have a general idea of what that is, or who she is, I should say. And now I can take those traits I have and incorporate them into being a lawyer. And ultimately, that should make me a stronger lawyer in the end. So the second question I asked this professor is, What is your favorite way to let off steam? Now, I asked him this because being a lawyer can take extreme mental fortitude. And I think it's important to remember that 
being a lawyer does not mean that (laughs) there's a cancellation of all fun. You can still have fun and you can still be a lawyer. I know a lot of lawyers, people may, may not be the nicest people. They may have a crappy job. They may deal with some inconsiderate people at times, but you can still have fun. So it is very important to find a way to let off off steam. Allowing yourself to have downtime is crucial. It's crucial, honestly, to your development as a person. If all you do is law school all day, every day, med school, honestly, just watching the same news channel every day can drive you insane. And it creates something called selective exposure, which is not the best way to consume news. But regardless, you will absolutely go insane if it is law school all day, every day. For this particular professor, his outlet has been exercising. And it's funny, I read a men's health article um, because Sebastian Stan was the cover star and I have a little sweet spot for that cute little Romanian man. (laughs) And they were going through what are called health nuggets where you spend about seven to eight minutes in various times during the day during um, completing high-intensity interval training, or the acronym is HIT training. And it literally, they were simple exercises that you could do from your office. And a lot of people I know in this pandemic are working from home. So just if your boss lets you stretch your legs, just even go to the bathroom and then come out and do like 15 jumping jacks. When I was going to school 100% remotely as a second-year law student, there were times where I would do like 25 jumping jacks right before my class started just to get my heart rate up and just to make sure that I was partially exhilarated for class. I'm not going to say I was fully exhilarated ever, you know, because I just kind of wanted to get the show on the road. But it did absolutely help me. And in fact, when I was taking the LSAT, I took um, an LSAT tutoring class with coincidentally a triathlete And she also happened to be a kick-ass attorney. But she told me, you know, eat your little peanut butter and jelly sandwich because you only get a 15-minute break. There's like, I think you have five or six sections. I think it's all on a computer now, but it was still on paper when I took it because I guess I'm prehistoric. (laughs) But she told me, you know, have your snack and then do like a couple push-ups. You know, personally... I can't do a push-up. Maybe one day I'll get there, but you know, the biceps, triceps, they're not where they used to be. (laughs) Um, So I did wall push-ups and it actually really did help me for the second half of the exam. So I just think it's important to get yourself exhilarated. You don't have to exercise, but find yourself a new hobby, a new hobby, any hobby that is legal. Um, Myself, I've resumed knitting and crocheting excuse me um these cute little they have these little latch kits with little pieces of fabric and you like match them up there's um a picture and it's labeled and eventually it turns into some like fuzzy animal for example I'm making a multicolored cat right now and it just calms you down I mean listen to music find podcasts go for a walk honestly I know I live in Ohio and it is freezing here (laughs) but go for a walk in your house, (laughs) go up and down the stairs. Like I know people are going stir crazy in this pandemic, but there are things that you can do by yourself. And I also think it's important to have a hobby that you can do alone, that you can do with people. You know, it's important. Right now, a lot of us are stuck alone because we don't want to endanger 
ourselves or others around us by going out to crowded indoor places. I understand, you know, going to the grocery store, going to pick up food at a restaurant, but it's not the same. And I think, you know, doing a quick dance workout, YouTube has been my savior (laughs) during this pandemic. Honestly, I just did yoga today on there. Almost any kind of workout that you could possibly want is on YouTube and it's all free. (laughs) So again, this is not (laughs) a PSA for physical exercise, but if you can find a way to find something fun that helps you to not think about law school at all or to think about your work obligations or think about college or to think about just the daily bullshit that you have to endure, find it and cherish it and just do it. Honestly, be like Nike and just do it. So now that we've discussed or at least created a baseline on how to balance work and your life, (laughs) it sounds so serious, I want to talk briefly about how to get work. Now, again, this is going to be very rudimentary building block level. I might do a specialized episode on this, but for right now, the top thing that I would suggest, and again, this applies to any kind of professional seeking their first job, okay? So this could mean that you're a liberal arts major and trying to work for a nonprofit. This could be for a law student who wants to be a lawyer, who wants to work for a business, whatever it may be. Network, 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 network. Because all it takes is one opportunity one pure example of fortuitous luck. That might be a bit redundant language, but you know what I'm trying to say. It takes one encounter and you meet the right person at the right time and it can ultimately lead you to a job. Now, I know networking may seem a bit daunting because we're living through a global pandemic that makes it nearly impossible to see people. I do realize. But you could invite somebody for a Zoom call and you can drink coffee over the call. You can go to virtual networking events. There's been all sorts of lectures that I've seen advertised that I've had sent to my law school email for virtual events. There's been some events back in person, you know, with proper, social distan- with proper social distancing precautions, attend them. And even if you attend these virtual networking events, make note of something small that you talk about. And again, this could be something small that one of the professional guests mentioned that you picked up on that you know someone else might not pick up on. For example, I spoke to an appellate court judge at a virtual networking event when I was a second year student and she shared with me that she played field hockey, which I played from the time I was in seventh grade to the time I graduated from high school. And the next time I saw her, I remembered. I said, oh yeah, you played high, or you played high school field hockey. I remember exactly which high school she played for because my high school almost beat them twice. <laughs> and I'm still, you know, just, just a little, little sprinkle of bitterness there. But she was so impressed. She even commended me. She went, wow, you have a great memory. So just something like that, something small, just a little nugget, 
a little kernel of knowledge that you can store and save to be deployed at the proper moment. It's very tactical. And LinkedIn notes are important too. If you like what someone said at a school event or in a class or really in any professional setting, tell them in person would be my <laughs> my first strategy to you. But, you know, if you're a little nervous, I suffer from a bit of social anxiety myself. If you're nervous, just send them a personalized note on LinkedIn. It can really help break the ice and then you have that connection. And even if they don't respond, you can always send a follow-up and say, you know, I'd like to buy you a coffee. Do you want to have a virtual Zoom meeting? You know, what's your email address? Like the worst that they could do is not respond or say no, but it's always worth a shot. It's always worth a shot. As Michael Scott would say, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, for all my office fans out there. Um, Again, but make sure that the note is personalized. Do not just say, wow, you're an eloquent speaker. I loved hearing you speak today. No, take note of something they said that resonated with you because words, (laughs) this is going to sound really obvious, but different words (laughs) resonate with different people. Different phrases resonate with different people. And it is important to highlight that because every word is spoken for a reason. And you emphasizing a certain phrase or topic to the speaker reminds them of why they said it. It gives them a purpose behind their words, which is what we're all aiming to do, just to find our purpose in life. So you can really make someone's day by just being honest. And, you know, if you didn't like what someone said, do not tell them. Do not lie. (laughs) If you meet somebody and you, you don't really have anything nice to say, be cordial when you meet them, of course. And if you are familiar with their background, you know, maybe ask them some questions. Like, for example, if your goal is to be a public defender and you meet a prosecutor, you know, don't <laughs> like don't trash their career choice, but just ask them what it's like to be a prosecutor because you can get some insights for when you're working for the public defender's office that you might be able to incorporate and ultimately manipulate to your advantage. Because, unfortunately, (laughs) we live in an adversarial system of lawyering in the United States. And, you know, if you can take something that your opponent gives you and use it against them at a later time, ultimately, you're going to become a better lawyer because of it. But after getting used to networking, after, you know, attending a few events, whether that's virtual or in-person Work on a few different cover letters. Your documentation is so important. Obviously, perfect your resume. Keep tweaking it. I literally still tweak mine, and it's probably gone through, like, at least 15 different changes, at least, just since I started law school. But once you have a few different cover letters to choose from, you can create something akin to a template and that way you can have a few different ones that you can choose from so for example if you want to work for a big firm you could have like a bigger firm cover letter that talks about how much you want to work with teams and work in an atmosphere that harbors like a certain hierarchy that they have you know like associates junior associates partners etc etc And then you could have one for a smaller firm where you talk about how you like more intimate legal settings, where you are much more independent, where you can, you know, 
lead not only yourself, but, you know, maybe one or two people under you. It all depends on the position, but just to have a few to choose from. And also it could depend on obviously the different kind of law. If you're talking about a corporate law job, you'd want to have a different cover letter. And I also, I know that this might seem kind of difficult, but I would say to personalize each each cover letter, just do a little bit of research. You do not have to spend, you know, 10 hours deep diving into every employee at a firm but you know find something that is unique to them and then kind of highlight that so it really looks like you want the job because ultimately you're selling yourself in the cover letter and why you would be a good fit but also why you want to work there and employers review hundreds if not thousands of cover letters depending on the job and the desirability of the job and if your cover letter can stand out that is what you are trying to achieve. So after you have your template, make sure that if you're having a tough time creating this template or just creating your cover letter in general, because it does seem a bit tiresome and it can become tedious, but a lot of <laughs> a lot of work is actually not that hard. It's just the anticipation that makes it difficult. You're sitting there like, I just really don't want to do this. But then ultimately you get it done and you're like, wow, that was a lot simpler than I thought. So what you can do is there are tons of resources. There are career centers at colleges. In fact, there was a pre-professional advising center at my, um, at my college. Let's go UC Bearcats. We're not going to talk about what happened in the college football situation. Um, but yes, go UC, Bearcat, Ram. <laughs> but yeah, my school had a pre-professional advising unit that helped those that were applying to med school, that were applying to law school, or applying to different graduate programs. And they literally told you almost word for word how to write good cover letters, how to write a personal statement. Personal statements are a pain in the ass. It is very hard to talk about yourself sometimes without sounding too braggy or too showy. But a cover letter is essentially a professional personal statement. Now, I know that sounds a bit confusing, but you are just talking about yourself and the job rather than just yourself and your personal statement. But again, if you have any questions, your school most likely has some sort of office devoted to career planning And my law school has some of the best people in the business working in that office. Shout out Jamie. Shout out Sarah. Um, (laughs) But shout out Jill. Shout out Mary Jane. But no, there's um, (laughs) tons of resources at colleges, grad schools, law schools that will help you to compile your cover letters and make sure that your resume is in the best shape possible for whatever kind of job market you're walking into. And also be real about your expectations. If you cannot work a certain amount of hours per week, tell your interviewer. Do not lie. Do not put out unrealistic unrealistic expectations for yourself because at the end of the day, you're only hurting yourself and your mental health comes first. So look into, again, their billable hours. Look into what kind of expectations and responsibilities they place onto their employees. And if it's an externship, or an unpaid internship, usually those count for school credit. So look at the credit hours and know exactly how many hours per week you have to work. And if that doesn't work for you, if you can take credit out, out, if you can, what are words? (laughs) Let's just ponder that thought for a minute. 
okay, <laughs> if you can take a credit hour out of an externship experience, I know a lot of people can't do that, but if you can, do so. And if you can, you know, kind of cut back on hours on a part-time job or just really create a structured schedule that you can stick to and a routine that will motivate you and determine exactly how your day will go, that is what you need to do. But again, it all starts with telling the truth to your employer or your prospective employer because no one's going to hire you if you lie. And you can get yourself into a really sticky wicket where they're expecting the world from you and you can only produce, you know, one of the seven continents. Like, that's not going to work. And I really think it's important. Now, I know when you first come to the table as, you know, a newly minted lawyer, which (laughs) my professor who I spoke about earlier, he said, there's nothing more dangerous than a new lawyer, which, you know, I don't mind being referred to as dangerous. That may or may not be my middle name. (laughs) But you don't want to get yourself into a predicament where, You have to sacrifice family time where you have to sacrifice your mental health for your job. So the best way to avoid that is by being clear and concise and succinct with what you are saying to an employer. And you may not get a job, but just keep interviewing, keep getting your information out there. And the probability of you receiving a call back, you know, an interview a follow-up interview, whatever it may be, start to rise. And I just think that it is so important to just keep your eyes on the prize. You know, keep your head down because sometimes a place may seem like it pays you less, but you can bring in more business for the firm and then your pay can double. It can triple the next year. Like you just really have to know what is expected of you, you know? And for example, like I don't ever want to work Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays. I don't want to ever work Christmas Eve. I don't want to ever work Christmas Day. Now, I'm not saying I can't work for like half a day. But, I mean, honestly, on Thanksgiving, I don't want to work at all. And I would want to let my employer know that. And I wouldn't want to get myself into a situation where I'm saying, I can be here whenever you need. I'm at your back and call. Now, again, I'm not saying that you should not be dependent or reliable, especially when you're a newly hired attorney or doctor or whatever. And again, this differs in different fields. But just be clear. If you have to take Thanksgiving off in September, do that. You know, that's what honestly, that's what I would do. So that is some of the insights on how to get work. And again, I thank you all so much for listening. If you have any questions, feel free to like and comment and I really hope that wherever you are and however you're listening whether it's through Spotify, Apple's podcasts or Anchor I just hope that you loved hearing this. (laughs) It's okay if you didn't totally love it but I just hope that you liked it because I love making this podcast. And I look forward to the next episode. So just chill till the next episode. If you don't know that reference, go listen to Nothing But a G Thing by Snoop Dogg featuring Dr. Dre.